0: Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's word. Well, we have been doing this series called Baptism by Fire. This series is, I know, here I am crying in the first sentence. This series is so special to my heart. So I'm going to tell you just a little bit about my testimony. Some of you might have heard part of this before, but some of you haven't. So I'm just going to start. Michael really said, I really think it's a good idea for you to share. So um, I grew up Baptist, love the Baptist church. I'm so thankful for the Baptist church. They taught me the word of God is truth. They taught me the most important thing is to make Jesus your Lord and how to lead other people to make Jesus their Lord. And they taught me to love God. And so I'm so, so thankful for my upbringing. And my pastor was my best friend's dad. So I spent half my life at her house. She spent half her life at my house. And he was like a second dad to me. So I was very close to my pastor. So I got uh, born again at a young age. Lots of people call that salvation or getting saved. I call it making Jesus the Lord of your life because that's really what it is. You receive his forgiveness and then you decide, I'm going to live my life for God from this day forward. And, of course, we all make mistakes, but I was one that you would consider a goody-two-shoes. I never strayed. I always loved God. I always served God passionately. I started serving in children's church at age 12. I just loved God. And then I went to college, and I met this man, boy, he would say man, Michael, right? <laughs> I met him. I was 18 when I met Michael, and he was just, I don't know, he was 19, I guess. and um, he took me to church with him like we were dating he brought me home to meet his family and then we went back to Casper and he took me to his church and there they spoke in tongues and so I broke up with him because I was like well I have never heard of this in my life and the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with a non-believer and I have no idea what this is and I was scared it didn't seem natural to me right and I know like if you've never been introduced to it hello I understand where you're coming from because I was like this is strange your natural mind does not understand it because it's a spiritual thing and so um, I broke up with him and he was like I still remember he would be so embarrassed if he was here and he's probably not even listening because he's flying so <laughs> so he was on his knees in his dorm room Kendra please don't go it's all in the Bible it's in the Bible Please don't go. And, of course, I ran out crying, and I had a big crying fit and everything. But I was wondering, why have I never heard about this if it's in the Bible? And at that point in my life, I had read the Bible through several times. And, but I will tell you this. Because I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit at that time, the Bible, even though I read it and I was dutiful in reading it, and it did feed me because it's the Word of God, I did not understand it to its fullness And even though I was able to apply it to my life in some ways, it wasn't like the Bible like was alive to me and spoke to me and and really changed me, you know? And so I believe that when I read over those things, I just read over them. Just you know how like when you're reading and you're not really paying attention to what you read or whatever. So even though I had read the Bible several times, it's not like that ever infiltrated my spirit. And so but it sent me on a hunt. Because I was like, wait, if he says this is in the Bible, then I need to find out where this is in the Bible. And so I started reading, mostly out of my Bible, but also because I had met the family. I had Pastor Danny's phone number, or Michael shared it with me or something. And I called Danny, and I asked him lots of questions. And because my pastor was my best friend's dad, I called him and I asked him a lot of questions. And because my youth pastor at that time had gone to Rhema, which is the Bible school that we have all graduate all of us pastoral staff had graduated from. I called her too and I said, "Tell me about this." And she said, "Well, I speak in tongues. I still speak in tongues." And my pastor said, "This is what seminary taught me." When I would ask him questions, he would say, "This is what seminary taught me. This is what seminary taught me. This is what seminary taught me." But when I called Danny Bauer, he said, this is what the Bible says. And he would point me in the word. I would see him up here crying for no reason because this is such a blessed part of my life. I'm so thankful for how the Holy Spirit has changed my life. But he said, this is what the word of God says. Go here, read about it. And I did. And the truth is undeniable in the Bible. So the Baptist had taught me that the word of God is truth. I believed that the word of God was truth. I found it there. So one night, Michael and I were on instant messenger. Anybody remember that? Way back in the day, right? Kids these days would be like, I have no idea what that is. It's basically like the very earliest form of, um, yeah, kind of texting or like any kind of social media, kind of. And um, we were on instant messenger. I was in my dorm room, and I think he was in his. And he all of a sudden said, I have to go, and he got off. And I was, and I think I had been asking questions about this because we weren't dating anymore, but I was so curious. And so I was just like hammering him with questions. And I sat down with my Bible in my lap right there. Man, I didn't think it was, I even practiced this so it wouldn't be that hard. I sat down with my Bible in my lap right there and I said, God, I have served you ever since I knew how to serve you. I love you, and I want all of you. And because the word is showing me that this is all of you, I want the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Just like that, all by myself in my dorm room, sitting on the floor. And the word says that you speak, right? So I said a word. But I had been taught that tongues was of the devil. So I had a little bit of religious baggage, not from my pastor, but from someone else. Tongues is of the devil, and so... I didn't want the devil. So I said, in the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you, right? And then I prayed again, and I had just like one or two words, and the same thing. In the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you, right? I didn't know. I was, just, I was just learning the authority of the believer. I had just kind of come into this. I didn't know, but God knew my heart. And so I sat there, and that happened three or four times, and then I just kind of said, well, God, I guess I received it because I knew by salvation you receive salvation by faith. So I knew that the Holy Spirit, I received the Holy Spirit by faith. So that was, like, towards the end of October. By the end of November, when I went home for Thanksgiving, I was sitting in my room reading my Bible, and I thought, I'm frustrated because I still only have, like, three or four words. And every time I go to pray, it's just like this wall. And I was really like, God, you said that I received this. And everywhere I look in the Bible, it's evidenced by speaking in tongues. So I wasn't searching for tongues, but I was searching for the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, you know, like, this is something that I know that I need, but why don't I have the evidence? If I received it by faith, then I need the evidence of it. And I said, I'm just so frustrated, God, I need you to speak to me. And I did, I don't recommend this to anybody very often, but I did a flip and point. Does anybody know what that is? You open your Bible and you're just desperate and you just point to something. And I pointed to Acts 19:2. So I'm going to read that here. And um, I do not have a Passion translation, Karen or Rick. I'm doing all this out of the Passion. I don't have a Passion translation, so I'm doing a lot of this on my phone. So be patient with me here. It says, and it was literally Acts nineteen two. it wasn't Acts nineteen one. it was Acts nineteen two, and it says this, the first thing he asked them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they replied, we've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what was the meaning of your baptism? And they responded, it meant that we would follow John's teaching. Paul said, John's baptism was for those who were turning from their sins, and he taught you to believe in and follow the one who was coming after him, Jesus the Anointed One. When they understood this, they were baptized into the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. So right there I see, that's when they received Jesus and made him Lord of their lives. And then Paul laid his hands on each of the twelve. The Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. And that was my flipping point. It was exactly what I needed at the time that I needed it. God is so good to us, you guys. He's so good. He knew my heart. He knew what encouragement I needed. He knew that I needed to see that there were two separate instances asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and living your life for him, and then being filled. He knew that I needed to see the evidence. And I said, that's it. I don't care if I only speak two or three words. I am never turning from this. I believe this happened. It was such a miracle for me to turn to Acts 19, to point to it with my eyes closed and read that exactly what God needed me to read. I'm just up here bawling. I'm so sorry. And so that was in Thanksgiving. In January, we went to Ski Retreat, which was a place where um, this church used to take a lot of youth up to Red Lodge from all over Montana, North Dakota, (laughs) Wyoming. We would go to Red Lodge and we'd ski in the day and we'd have services at nighttime. And it was all youth and it was great. So I was like a leader. I don't know why they made me a leader. But they probably needed a volunteer, and I said, pick me. So we went up there, and at this time, Michael and I were dating again. And um, he was on the stage doing praise and worship, and me and 11-year-old Stephen were standing next to each other in the, in the seats. And I said, oh, my gosh, this weekend he was home for Thanksgiving, and I said, Stephen, I cannot believe you were 11 when I came to this family, and now Callie is twelve. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how does this even, <laughs> like, it was just, it made me feel really old. So we were standing there, and I was standing there with Stephen, and all it was was praise and worship, but it was good praise and worship. I was into it. I was honestly praising God. I raised up my hands, and all of a sudden, I felt this burning in my belly. And then it just kind of, and this doesn't happen for everybody. Everybody doesn't have a feeling, so don't feel like you need to. But there was a burning in my belly, and it just felt like a river Came up and out of my mouth, and all of a sudden I had a fluent prayer language, and so that's kind of my testimony I didn't I only wanted to share that so that you know that it doesn't happen the same for everybody. It depends a lot on how you've been taught, what you've been raised in, what you're willing to accept at the time, and all of that. so don't get discouraged if you've been part of this series and you are like, "You know, I only have two words or it feels strange when I speak or I'm not really sure about tongues yet. Come talk to one of us or go to God like I did. I'm like, I don't need anybody. I'm going to sit right here in my dorm room by myself and do this. And I'm going to work through this by myself because I didn't want it to be attached to Michael at that time in my life. It was really important to me that it was between me and God. So don't get discouraged if, if you're, you feel like you've hit a wall. Come talk to somebody or if you want to, just go to God because he's there for you and he will be there for you. Okay, so quick review over the last few weeks we've learned that there's a two-fold work of the Holy Spirit. The first one is the Spirit within, and that benefits you, the believer. When you become a Christian, when you get saved, have salvation, ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, determined to live for him, however you want to say it, that is when the Holy Spirit comes within you. God's presence comes to live inside of you at that point. John 4.14 says this, But if anyone drinks the living water, he was talking to the woman at the well right here. He says, if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. Notice how the focus is on you, right? This is the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the presence of God benefiting you. And then there's a second fold. The second fold of that is the Spirit upon and this is producing blessing that flows out to other people. So in John 7:38, he says this, Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. So if it's bursting out from within you, and it's bursting out, it's going out to other people, right? And then this is what we've been talking about this whole time when we said baptism by fire. This is where you receive power when the holy spirit comes upon that's how god gives us power so in acts 1:8 it says this i promise you this the holy spirit will come upon you you will be seized with power you will be my messengers to jerusalem throughout judea the distant provinces and even to the remotest places on the earth so we have established over the last weeks god gives you power And today, I don't know if I'm the last one in this series or if pastor's going to do one more next week, but today I really want to focus on, I have power, but what do I do with the power? What is the power for? How do I use the power in my life? What does that look like in modern day? So I'm going to focus on that, and I'm going to focus on it by looking at a lot of instances in Acts, right after they got filled, right after they received the Holy Spirit, Jesus died and went to heaven, the Holy Spirit came, the believers were filled, and I'm going to look at what did they do and how does that apply to our lives now today. So, just like Acts 1.8 says, you have power to be witnesses, you're messengers of God. That's why he gives you power, so that you can be a messenger of God. And, but he gives many examples in Acts of how to be witnesses. It doesn't mean you just have to walk up to someone and be like, hey, bro, you know Jesus? <laughs> right? It's, I mean, yes, you can do that. Don't feel bad about doing that. But there's a lot of different ways that the Holy Spirit gave them power to be witnesses, and that's what we're going to look for. So let's start. Let me turn my page now that I got my long testimony over here. Okay, so number one, in Acts 2, 5 through 11. I'm going to read that first. <clears throat> if you're taking notes, this is the first point. I know I always like it when preachers tell me that because I have a very organized brain. So it says, those, ba- uh, those baptized in the Spirit, they spoke of God's wonders in a way that people could understand. So I'm going to read this here. Now at that time there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, Aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northeastern Iranians, northeast northwestern Iranians, Elamites and those from Mesopotami- Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of Cyrene, and blah, 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 both yeah. Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. God gave them abil- the ability to speak to people who wouldn't normally understand what they're saying, He gave them the ability to speak of God's wonders and miracles. So um, even, okay, so how does this apply to your life today? Well, I can tell you, even as I was preparing this message, I said, God, help me to speak to these people in a way that they can understand, right? I'm speaking words that I feel like God is leading me to speak. I've prepared, but the Holy Spirit, all I am is a vessel, The Holy Spirit is the teacher. And I believe that the words that I'm speaking right now are going to go into your heart to teach you. And this is the same way in our regular lives when we're out and about in the community or at our jobs. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, whenever I speak, God is such a part of my life that it's easy for me to just naturally put God into into my conversation. Right? So how would this look? Well, if somebody's going through a difficult time, then maybe you can share a relatable experience and how God helped you through it, right? Or maybe it looks like um, sharing a testimony. You know, right now it's really big anxiety. I have anxiety. I have social anxiety. I have whatever kind of anxiety. I suffer from anxiety. A lot of people say that right now. Well, what testimony do you have? that you can go up and say, and I do actually have this testimony. In fourth grade, I had, I worried so much that I had bleeding ulcers in my stomach. In fourth grade, and I had to go on like this liquid diet for several weeks, lots of medication, like this medication regimen, and to, to heal my stomach. But it's because I worried so much. And now, and I did that all through like my... I just was a worrier. My grandpa was a worrier. My dad was a worrier. It just came by naturally for me to worry. But once I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I realized the peace that comes as a as a result of the sacrifice that he gave on the cross, because he didn't just die for my sins. He died for my peace. And once I was able to receive that, I have peace all the time. I don't worry about anything. And people say, Kendra, you're always so peaceful. You don't ever worry about anything. You don't get worked up about anything. Michael might not say that, but other people do. (laughs) Um, But this is how I could naturally weave this into my conversation. Well, it used to be a big problem for me, but now I don't because God is my peace. The Prince of Peace has come into my life. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. Easily weave in God's wonders in your life. Um, It could be through a story or a personal testimony. However it is that you could naturally weave that into your conversation is a way that the Holy Spirit gives you power to minister to others in a way that they can understand. Just like in this situation, he gave them a language where they spoke in their own dialects, in in other people's dialects. But in our modern-day situation, God gives us the words to say when we need to say them to the people who need to hear them. So, uh, Matthew 10, 18 through 20 talks about how when you testify of Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives you the words to speak at the very moment you need to speak them. I can't tell you how many times under my breath I'll say, Holy Spirit, tell me what to say right now. I need your guidance right now to minister to this person. They don't know I'm ministering to them, but I know they need ministered to because the Holy Spirit told me, so he helps us. That was Matthew 10, 18 through 20. Yep, I have lots of stories today, so some of this is going to be paraphrased. But I do want to say this. Acts is full of examples of the filled believers, filled with the Holy Spirit, doing all of these things, beginning with any scripture and teaching people salvation. That's how it is all over the book of Acts if you look at it. It's just amazing to me how God can take, you can take anyone. Do you guys remember that story of, was it Philip and the eunuch? And God brought Philip to the eunuch and the eunuch was riding in a chariot and he was reading out of Isaiah. And it says that Philip took that exact scripture that he was reading and led him down the path of salvation. So it doesn't have to start with a a scripture though. It can start with a story or a testimony. And, And later on, Paul uses his testimony and shares the gospel just like that. So just however you can naturally weave things into your conversation, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do that. So, Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us powers to speak of his wonders. And if we're speaking of his wonders, we're his messengers, we're his witnesses, right? So, number two, those uh, believers in the the book of Acts that were baptized in the Spirit were faithfully devoted to following the Lord. This is Acts 2.42. It says this. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. You know, it's so easy in our society to decide what is societally acceptable or what's socially acceptable, I guess I should say it that way. And it's easy to get off course from the the plan that God has for your life, the course that God has for your life. And so I just want to encourage you, when you feel yourself starting to get discouraged or going a little bit wayward, stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you right there. Strengthen that connection that goes straight from your spirit to the Holy Spirit, to the Father God, by praying in tongues and listening, and he'll help you to continue to be devoted. Galatians 5, 16 16 through 18 says this, Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. I love the way it says self-life. Flesh, self-life, the things you think you desire, the things, you know, the, body, or the Bible talks about how your flesh or your carnality is enmity against the Spirit. They fight against each other, and I think I'm going to read that right now. It says, when your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law but soaring above it. So, when you're close to the Holy Spirit, when you've been building yourself up by praying in other tongues, or when you've been spending time listening to the Holy Spirit teaching you, all of a sudden it's easy to yield to His ways. It's easy to stay on course. It's easy to follow the plans that He has for your life <clears throat> instead of being guided by your flesh. So, how do you know? This is a question that I've gotten in youth. And I thought, you know, I bet a lot of adults don't know this either. How do you know what the difference is between your flesh? And the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read in Galatians 5. It's just a little bit farther down, Rick. I think it's in 19, verse 19. <clears throat> it says The behavior of the self life is obvious sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of the realm of God? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. So if you ever have a question, how do I know what's my flesh and what's the spirit, go to Galatians 5. It just gave you a whole list, and you can compare what you're feeling or what you're going through to that list. So I do want to read this last verse. Verse 25 says this, If the spirit is the source of our life, We must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. We, I really believe, because our flesh is loud, I really believe that we can only allow the Spirit to direct the aspects of our lives if we have the power. The power comes from the Holy Spirit, right? His power helps us, and His power is the source of that fruit that I just talked about. Joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, virtue, faith, gentleness, self-control. Oh, and I did want to say this. Self-control in the Passion Translation is called strength of spirit. Did you see that? It said strength of spirit. And so his power gives our spirit the strength. So the Holy Spirit, number two, he gave us power to allow him to direct our lives, not giving into our flesh. It allows the spirit to direct our lives, which results in the fruits of the spirit being manifest. And if you're walking around with peace, joy, love, faithfulness, goodness, virtue, gentleness, self-control, all of those things, do you feel like you're being a messenger? Do you feel like you're being a witness? People are going to notice. People will notice that fruit in your life. They might ask you about it. Even if they don't ask you, trust me, they're watching. They're watching and taking note. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, man, I'm so different, (laughs) Like when I'm at school, sometimes I feel like the way I talk is different. The way I sound is different. The way I do things is different. The way I think is different. We should be different. We're called to be different. We're called to stand out. We're called to be shining lights, right? That's exactly what our vision says. Number four is shining lights. First, you have a strong foundation. You have strong life. You have strong families so that you can be a shining light to the community, because this world needs our light. Um, number three, those baptized in the Spirit had signs and wonders following their ministry. So, what do you think about us being filled with the Spirit? you think we should have signs and wonders following our ministry? There are so many scriptures that I could read here in the book of Acts where the disciples prayed for people and the power of God healed those that they prayed for. I mean, there's so many so I picked the very first one that I read, because I wanted to just start from the beginning and kind of go through, and it says this: Acts three, 1 through eight, Rick. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight. They were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, Look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I will give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man, and as he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into the crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had power, right? They prayed. The man was healed. I'm going to tell you two stories. Both of these stories happened this summer. One time I prayed, one time I didn't. So, This is a long story, so I'm trying to figure out where to start. Our carpenter was here this summer, and he told me a story. He said one of his boys fell down, hurt his head, and his head was bleeding. And his wife put a rag on the bleeding spot on the head and said, in the name of Jesus, stop. And then held the rag on the head all the way to the hospital. And the gash was so big that when she took the rag off of the head, the doctor said, I don't understand where's all the blood, because head wounds bleed really bad. And for some reason, that story the Holy Spirit said, listen to this story. So I kinda tucked it away in my heart, you know? And then I knew Mac was having his tonsils out and I knew it had something to do with that. So I, I needed that story. The Holy Spirit's our helper, right? So I needed that story for, for the future and so I tucked it in my heart. While Mac had his tonsils out, 13 days later, we went to the lake. And right, you're no, no physical activity for 14 days is what they said because it can cause the throat to bleed. And so we went to the lake on day 13, and he said, can I please play with my cousins in the water? And I said, sure, we're on day 13, go ahead. And my parents have this big pad that floats on top of the water, and the kids like run off the end and jump into the water. And all of a sudden, I look over and Reagan says, Mac is bleeding, and he's got these, this blood just gushing out of his mouth. And I was holding a baby in the water, my nephew, and I went over to Mac and I just kind of laid my hand, I had a naked baby, and I, was, and I laid my hands on Mac and I said, in the name of Jesus, stop, because the Holy Spirit reminded me of that. And then we went up, we called the doctor, we got him some ice for his throat, no issues, zero issues after that. And so that time, I did what I was supposed to do, right? Well, a second time, and this was later in the summer, we were at the cabin, and uh, one of Callie's friends was with us. And the kids were sliding down this dirt hill that we have that's like loose dirt, you know, because it's under construction. And Matt comes running up to me and he says, Callie's friend has blood on her butt. And I was like, what? Because they sent Mac up the hill to tell me. And I was like, this could be anything, <laughs> you know. I was like, oh shoot. So I, I get her up the hill and I'm like, baby, I look at her pants and they're covered in blood. And I said, baby, you're gonna have to pull down your pants so I can look and see what we're dealing with because I, have, I just had no idea. So poor girl, first she had to pull down her pants in front of me, right? There's no light in the cabin at this point. So we're like using the flashlight on my phone, Reagan's holding it for me. And we're clearing the back of the cabin because there's no privacy either. There's just like open doors, you know? And in the back of the cabin is where we had the water hooked up and I knew that I needed to clean something. And she pulled down her pants, and I go, You need stitches. Like she had slid down, and a root caught her on her backside, and um, she needed, and I knew, I absolutely knew she needed stitches. She had two huge gashes. And um, the Holy Spirit, gently, quietly, on the inside, said, Pray for her healing. And instead, I said, I pray against infection in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit told me, right? But it was like a moment of panic. Uh, we had to clean everything up. There's no emergency services in Dubois. So we had to drive back in the truck where her parents met us at my house so they could look at it themselves and decide what to do. Um, I was able to clean her up and everything. But later that night, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit because, by the way, she had nine stitches, so I was not wrong. Um, LAUGHTER But I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit because he's such a gentle and loving teacher. And he said, I told you to pray for her healing. And she went through quite a bit of trauma, you can imagine, because then she had to go to the ER where they also had to pull down her pants. And stitches are not fun anywhere in your body. The numbing shots to get stitches are not fun. So you can imagine it was a pretty traumatic experience for Callie's little friend. And I said... I could have saved her. All of that if I just would have obeyed the Holy Spirit. And so, I think I'm on a different point. Oh, no, I'm not. So, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders following your ministry. Do you really believe what the Bible says? The Bible says signs and wonders will follow your ministry. People will be healed. People will be set free. Demons will be cast out. People will be free from oppression. Do you believe that when you pray for people? And if you do, it can change people's lives. It could have changed if I would have just taken the time to stop and listen. I believe that I did not um, um, intentionally disobey the Holy Spirit in that moment because it was a still small voice. And later he went back and said, I told you to do that. And I didn't, I prayed against infection instead. And I don't know, I honestly don't know if it was the panic of the moment or what it was, but man, can you imagine what a testimony that would have been? if I would have had the picture to show needing stitches and then come home with a scarless butt, right? It would have been amazing. It would have been an incredible testimony. So I learned my lesson and I said, God, next time I will listen. Holy Spirit, I will not disobey you again in the future. So he gives you power and he gives you confidence to have signs and wonders following your ministry. He told me if I would have listened it would have have gone. So don't be afraid to pray for people. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. He knows where those people are at, if they can believe for faith or not. He knows where you're at, and He will help you. So when you go to pray for someone, Holy Spirit, what should I pray right now? And He will help you. Um, number four, those baptized in the Spirit, and I'm, I should say this I'm not just speaking about healing, I'm talking about all of the signs and wonders that followed the believers in, in Acts. And like I said, demons being cast out, people being free from oppression, people being free from anxiety, people having peace in their lives. People like Paul, who was headed down the wrong way, did a complete 180 and and turned his life around for Christ. There's a lot of ways signs and wonders can follow your your ministry and your prayers. Number four, those baptized in the Holy Spirit had power to stand up for what they believed, overcoming adversity and trials. In Acts 4, 1 through 3, it says this, This is where some people got arrested for believing. Peter and John. The teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priests, the captain of the temple police, and representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. They were furious that the people were being taught that in Jesus there is a resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. So you can imagine that right now, Peter and John are going through a hard thing, right? They're arrested, they're pulled away from their families for who knows how long, there's a lot of uncertainties, they have to spend the night in jail, they have to go before a council of powerful people and testify, they have to stand up for themselves and the message that God gave them, even though there was a lot of opposition and pressure, not only from the government, but from the religious leaders themselves, right? And so this is what, what it turned out to be. I'm going to read in verse 18 now. So the council had them brought back in be- so they had them brought back in before the council and they commanded them to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, "You can judge for yourselves, is it better to listen to you or to God? It is impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things that we've seen and heard." So I'm saying right now the Holy Spirit is giving you power to stay strong. The power to overcome adversity or opposition when things come against you. And during a trial to stand up and say, no, I know what I believe. I know why I believe it, and I am convinced that this is the way to do it. And if you are confident, if you're standing up in confidence and boldness for what you believe, do you think people are noticing? Yes, you're a messenger, you're a witness. God's given you the power to do that. The Holy Spirit does. Um, There's a lot of instances in the book of Acts. If you're on the Bible reading plan, we're reading the book of Acts again the last 14 days of, of the year because it is so powerful to look at all of those things and say, the book of Acts isn't over. We're still in the age of Acts. The book of Acts is the Acts of the church or the Acts of the disciples. And who are we? We're the church, right? It hasn't stopped. So when you look at that and you see all of these things that they're standing up against and staying strong for. And guess what, do you think God can help you when you're under societal pressure? When you go to school, or I say school because that's where I work, when you go to your job and you're feeling pressure from your coworkers, or when you have pressure from your family who maybe believes different than you are, stand strong, be confident. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to do that. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Number five, those baptized in the Spirit prayed powerful prayers. In Acts 4, uh, verse 23 through 31, it says this, As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. When the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, and everything that is in them. Uh, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. This is the prayer they're praying, okay? Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. And they go on to keep praying, and now I'm going to go down to verse 31. As they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. So right now, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're praying, their prayers are powerful enough to literally shake the earth, right? Make the, we sing a song this morning, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Do you believe it? The Holy Spirit gives us that power to pray those kind of praise, prayers. I can't tell you how many times I am... Um, made a goal for myself recently, I don't know, in the last six months or something, instead of saying, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to either send you a prayer with my voice praying over text message, or I'm going to pray for you right then, in person or whatever, depending on how the situation is, if we're able to do it right then or whatever. And I cannot tell you how many people have responded. I mean, these are people who don't go to church, not all of them, or people who do go to church. You pray with such conviction, you pray with such power. Thank you for your powerful prayers. It has made a difference in my family. How do you know how to pray like that? I've never heard anybody pray like that. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. He gives us the power to pray. So that's number whatever we're on. Number number uh, four, five, number five. They give you the pow- he gives you the power to pray proclaiming the word with unrestrained boldness. I'm gonna read because the Passion Translation has these little three dot quote things right after some verses that explain context of the Aramaic because we know that the New Testament was written in Aramaic. And it says this. This Greek word, the word with unrestrained boldness, is paresia. This involves more than confidence. It was a free-flowing unrestrained boldness. It can also mean freedom of speech. Parisia carries nuances that are not easily brought over into English. The person who speaks with Parisia will say everything that is on his mind with no restraint, flowing out of his heart with confidence. Where do the rivers of life come from? Where does the Bible say? Comes from our heart, right? Rivers of life will flow out of you. Pray for people. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit shows up in power in prayer. So, power to pray for people. Number six. Those baptized in the Spirit were empowered to be servant leaders. I love the way this used the word servant leaders. Let's go to Acts chapter 6, and I'm going to read the first four verses. During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly, but a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. The twelve apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, It's not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure they are honorable. What does the next part say? Full of... That's right. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and preaching the word of God. Now, down in verse 7, it says this, God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. Even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. And guess what my, uh, the, the title of this chapter says in in my bible right here it says servant leaders right does it right there at the top says servant leaders well we are so excited because of the model of this this um, early church where they put in servant leaders to do the work that god had called them to do the crucial ministry of serving The word of God exploded, right? That's what verse 7 said. The word of God exploded. Well, we are so excited as a team because guess what we are rolling out soon? Before I read this, we are rolling out a Servant Leadership Summit soon. And I'm so excited because God, the Holy Spirit gives us power to be servant leaders in our local church. And so we're making these classes. I'm so excited for it. We're making these classes to teach you how to be servant leaders in our local body So right now, you can put this one, this point number six, right into practice right now. As soon as the new year comes out, we're going to be rolling this out, and you can be a servant leader right here in our local church. And I'm so excited to see how everything explodes after that. It's so exciting. I could have preached a whole message on that, but God didn't tell me to. So number seven, this is my favorite one. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're given love. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're given love. Does anybody know off the top of their head what 2 Timothy 1 7 says? A spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I'm going to read it too. Thanks, Ayla. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit. So he's giving you the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self control. And has anybody. Ever read 1 Corinthians 13:4 through 8. I'm going to go there because this kind of love is a serious kind of love. When you think about the people that are hard to love, and this is what God is expecting you to do. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate in its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Now, can you honestly say that you can love your enemies like this out of your own power? No, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to love like God is requiring us to love. So God gives you the power to love and He gives you the power to love well. I also want to look at John 13, 34 through 35, because love is a powerful witness. It says this, So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. How are you being a witness? By loving when it's hard to love. I can give you so many testimonies of when God told me, love, love, love that person. You need to show love, and I did, and it turned out well because I was able to be a witness, an ambassador, a messenger of Christ. But I'm gonna tell you a different story today. Recently, how I received love from someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Two weeks ago, I was playing football with Mac in between some of Callie's basketball games, and I made a wonky catch with the football, and I think I pulled a muscle right here in my back, right? And I'm like, I cannot believe I'm so out of shape that I pulled a muscle catching a football. Then my shoulder started hurting, and I'm like, how can I have this issue where I'm like so old that catching a football re-injures my shoulder because I had shoulder surgery a couple years ago, and I pulled a muscle, and I was pretty uncomfortable. So That was on a Saturday. Um, And then Sunday I came to church. I went home, and I didn't do anything for the rest of the afternoon because I'm like, I'm going to rest. I'm going to heal up. I'm not feeling 100%. Something is going on in my body. Speaking the word, you know, I was taking Advil because I thought I had pulled a muscle, so I was trying to get inflammation down. Monday I got up and went to work, no problem. Got home playing cards with my kids at the kitchen table, and all of a sudden I started to have what I thought was a muscle spasm. And I don't know if you've ever had a muscle spasm. To this day, I have never had a muscle spasm, but that's what I thought it was. And it was so painful. Like, I was a little bit freaking my kids out. I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I know, like, I had three babies. Like, breathe through it, get through it. You're going to survive, right? I could not breathe. I was freaking out. Every breath I took, I would scream out in pain. I was like, something is going on. And can you imagine this happened five minutes before we were supposed to have a church meeting? So as pastors, we meet on Monday nights through Zoom. So we were just getting ready to log on. And this happens, and I recognize it. This is an attack from the enemy because he doesn't want me at that meeting. We are moving forward with some things in this ministry, and it is exciting, and the devil doesn't like it. And I recognize that right away. So I was speaking the word of God. Callie's trying to find me a heating pack. We didn't know what the heck was going on and i sent michael i said go start the meeting i am not, i'll be fine go start the meeting but i was literally i was literally like i'm not going to enact it for you cuz it's really bad but i was like taking a breath and then screaming out in pain taking a breath and screaming out in pain and i'm trying to tell the kids i'm okay i'm okay just pray i'm okay i just can't breathe i don't know why this hurts so bad <laughs> like just trying to like comfort them and so um after the kids went to, went to bed, that episode kind of stopped. I took some Advil. That episode stopped. And Michael said, you have to call the Teladoc doctor. So I did. And, and I said, I think I'm having a muscle spasm. Um, and she said, I can't rule out some other things. So I think you need to go into the doctor tomorrow. So I put in for a sub for the morning. I was going to go to urgent care. And then um, as the night went on, I could not lay down. I could barely sit down. Uh, that pain came back with a vengeance. I was walking around my house that whole night, just struggling to breathe and crying out in pain for the whole night. And finally, Michael kept saying, let's go to the ER. And I was like, we're not going to leave the kids here. They'll wake up and freak out where we're at, right? So I made it until 5 o'clock in the morning. And at 5 o'clock, I said, I don't care. Wake the kids up. We're going to the hospital. Something is wrong. So we got to the hospital, and after a barrage of tests, they found some blood clots in my right lung. And um, I was like, well, this is a little bit of a big deal. But I also know that it's an attack from the enemy, right? So I got some pain medicine. They put me on blood thinners and sent me home. And this was on Tuesday morning. So they gave me the rest of the week off of work. And as I went through the day Tuesday, an incredible pain, because I don't care what they say about pain medication, I don't usually take it because I've had a couple surgeries, but I don't like the way it makes me feel. So I just don't take it. I took it because I was in so much pain and it still didn't really help. So I was like, couldn't sit down, let alone lay down. So you can imagine by Wednesday night, after not sleeping Monday night, after not sleeping Tuesday night, after dealing with all of this pain for Tuesday and Wednesday, I was discouraged. I was tired, extremely tired. And I can tell you that people are so loving anyway, even without the Holy Spirit. People who love you, Man, my team, my kindergarten team wrote my sub plans for me. They took care of everything at school for the whole rest of the week. I didn't even have to think about school. I had people reaching out to me. Do you need meals? No, I don't need meals. Michael's a great cook. He does most of the cooking anyway. (laughs) Um, And, you know, everything, people were so loving. Let me take care, uh, Gigi and Karen took care of youth for me, so I didn't have to go to youth or even prep anything for that. People loved well. But I can tell you that there was one woman who was, let led by the Holy Spirit. And at the time when I was at my lowest point, gosh, on Wednesday night, she texted me some scriptures and some prayers that I needed just at that time. You guys, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I know how to pray the word of God over myself. I know the scriptures. I preach these scriptures to you. I'm usually the one sending you scriptures to pray over or whatever. But the Holy Spirit led her to send me whatever I needed at that moment. And it uplifted me. It encouraged me. And I thought, the Holy Spirit helps us to love people well. He knew what I needed right in that moment. And she knew because the Holy Spirit told her. And I can't tell you what a witness that was to me. So if the Holy Spirit gives us power to witness, he gives us power to love others well. And you can't be a better witness than loving others well. So number seven, the Holy Spirit gives us power to love others well. So all throughout the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon. Everybody say upon. That's when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in power. It was poured out upon God's people. We refer to this as the baptism or the filling. The Bible says both of those words. This is when he's empowering you to be his witness. So he gives you power to speak of his wonders, Be boldly telling about his wonders and works in your life. He gives you the power to be led by the Spirit and not dominated by your flesh, to live a godly life. He gives you the powers to have signs and wonders following your ministry to people and to have confidence in those changing people's lives. He gives you the power to overcome adversity, standing up boldly and confidently for what we believe in, even when you're coming against pressure, even when people are are putting pressure on you. Number five, he gives you the power to pray powerfully and with faith, changing things in people's lives. Number six, he gives you the power to be servant leaders in your local church. And number seven, he gives you the power to love others well. So you've been given this power, but what does it say in that Galatians that I read? It said, you have to yield to that power. It says that you have to allow it to work in your life. Even if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, It's not doing you much good. You have to stir up the gift. Remember when Gijay had the baking soda and the vinegar up here, and it bubbled up? But then as her sermon went on, it just kind of sat there, and nothing happened. And I thought, oh, boy, I just want to get up with a big spoon and stir that thing up, because you have to stir that up in the inside of you so it doesn't become stagnant. And as soon as you stir that baking soda and vinegar up, what's going to happen? It's going to bubble up in power again. You have to stay stirred up. And this is the way you can use it. You allow that power to work in your life. Be bold about sharing the work of his work in your life. Be bold about it in your conversation. Live according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, not your flesh. That's a huge witness. Be confident when you pray that signs and wonders will follow your prayers. Stand up firmly in what you believe, and don't back down when people give you a little bit of pressure. If you need help, say, I'm going to circle back to that, and then you go find it in the Word, okay? Um, Pray with power. Be a servant leader in your local church. Go through those classes that we have coming up. Find a way to get plugged in right here when you're a servant leader. Power will be operating in your life. Love others well, and let the Holy Spirit always be your guide in just how to do that. So we're going to pray this morning. Go ahead and put your Bibles down and stand up with me. And when we pray this morning, if you have never received the Holy Spirit, now is your time. You don't have to come up here. Um, You can do it right where you're at. And if you have received the Holy Spirit, ask God, how do I stir this up? Holy Spirit, I need your power operating in my life. It's not good enough that I've received the power. I need to stir that up on the inside of me so that it's operating in my life on a daily basis so that I can testify of you, so that I can be your witness, so that I can be your messenger, so wherever I go, people don't remember me. They remember the Jesus that they've seen in me that they consistently see in me, because that's what changes people's lives. So we're going to close our eyes, and we're just going to pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the examples in the book of Acts of people that were filled with the Holy Spirit and what happened, what they used the Holy Spirit, how they used the Holy Spirit in their lives to change people, to witness to people, and how your church grew not this church, not this physical church, Father God, but the believers, how the believers grew, how more and more were added to their company day after day. I thank you, Father, that you have given us the power specifically to be witnesses because your word says that you're not coming back until everybody has heard. And I know from experience, Father God, that right now there are many people, even in America, who really don't know the message of Jesus. And you've placed us here to share that message. So Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us up. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, well, open your eyes for just a second. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's word. Always remember you're valuable and precious, special and important to him.